It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Well, hello, this is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier and Cheryl saying, go, Chuck, go. Chucky G, the G must stand for goat. (laughs) Chucky goatee. It stands for go. Chucky go. Chucky go. Chucky go. It's goat time, Chucky G. I think then I start thinking of that song. Go speed racer. He's a demon on uh-huh. wheels. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I used to that. watch speed racer. It was on every morning at seven a.m. So I would watch it before I went to school. I Mach love five, that show. Oh, cool mm-hmm. car, man. Well, wait. What was the kid's name with the 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 the, the chimp? I don't the... remember. I, I Trixie was the girlfriend. Yeah, very good. Nice. I don't remember yeah, the but name. I don't just... remember the kid. Oh, speed racer. But I mean, I don't remember the the little chimp chimp or whatever. <laughs> Don't oh, think it was... yeah, they had a monkey, too. Yes, I don't remember. And whenever anything would happen, they would do this delayed. <gasps> and the big yeah. anime. The guys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was. If anybody remembers what it was and you're in the chat room, please type it in right now. And then the other one that I would watch was um, yes. Star Blazers. Oh, I remember that. Oh, my God. You watched that? I remember that. Oh, you, I'm a Whoa, anime girl. Bam. I, this is and something I didn't know about you. And then I watched, um, I watched uh, New Zoo Review when I was really little. Do you remember the New Zoo Review? Yeah, and the New Zoo Review coming right at you. Do you remember their names? Uh, no, but I remember there's an owl, a hippo. Um, it was with Freddy the Frog. It was. Uh, oh, we yeah. For, oh, yeah. Freddy, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right, yep. so Chad says the chimp's name was Chim Chim. Chim Chim, there you go. Now, Mama Mama RT says I'm not hearing anything, but I'm we're in chat. Are you? Are, yeah, Cheryl, and then you said you're not hearing anything. Is Are we not? No, no, I, I just put not hearing anything in chat because that's what oh. we were saying. So. Oh. Yeah. So, so how Somebody can, in chat needs to help Mama Mama. How can she, M-Y-R- is there a tool she presses play on? How do you do that in the chat room? Um. Well... Um, well, I don't room? know. Maybe try the volume thing or try refreshing would be my guess. Okay, Either Chad's, refresh or... No, Chad says underneath the follow button is a yep. volume control. Yes. Chad, yep. Well, yeah, but she can't hear you say that, so you have to type it in the chat room. Oh, so oh can you type that in the chat room, Chad, so she can't yeah, hear us? <laughs> Good point, Karen. It'd be kind of <laughs> hard. She can't see us. We can't give her a <laughs> visual. right on track tonight. She can't hear us, so we're just being not helpful at all So right now. But yeah. They're like, it's oh, under the follow thing. Hey, they see can't hear us. So anyways. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, that's it. Chim Chim. That was very good. I, that's that, there Though the live action version was not that good. It was, no. There was, was a not. live action Speed Racer? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and it had Racer X. John Goodman was in there. He played the dad, you know, of the Speed oh, Racer. Oh, it was like a movie, you mean? Like a live action movie. Yep, exactly. Oh, I thought you meant like a Broadway play or something. Oh, oh no. That would be interesting. Speed Racer on Broadway. There you go. That'd be cool. So, anyways, um, uh, so anyways, uh, tonight our guest 
is the people from Resident Undead. And I'm really excited because I'm the one that asked for these people because I watched the show and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with it, really. But I like to watch it. Uh, Adam Kimmel and Rebecca Kirschbaum are going to be on. Of course, there is also Chris Musgrove and Ashley Lucky uh, as the team that is now because when you watch them backwards, you know, go back in time to the seasons, there's different people. But that's who is with it now. There's all sorts of cool things they do. So I want to really touch on all the th- different things they do. And... Um, Talk to them and see what it's all about, you know. Plus, they, 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 and I believe if I'm not, I'll see if I'm corrected later with Adam. But I believe he owns the Randolph County Infirmary, which um, we were talking about. Paranormal Lockdown with Nick Croft and Katrina Weedman are going to be there tomorrow, I believe, or tomorrow. It's it's airing tomorrow. That, That's that right. There's a new that Nick Croft has a new Paranormal show, doesn't he? Yeah, Paranormal Lockdown. I checked it out. It's actually pretty cool. Where they go for seven. You know, hours. I haven't turned on my TV in so long. Really? And you got that voice activated, whatever. There I have a voice device. activated remote and I still haven't turned on my TV. Well, just, more, just, I got, just all you got to do is go TV on and boop, comes on. I've been busy. All right. Well, I understand. I got I stuff going on. Okay. Don't, you start talking in the high voice. It creeps me out. Okay. All right. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah, I look forward to talking to him. What's interesting too, I want to point out uh, when, I, when I read Re- uh, Rebecca's bio, um, I, I, it's not that she doesn't like to be called a psychic, but she doesn't feel it's the right verbiage. To me, I see her as like a seer because, you know, a seer is pretty much, you know, someone that has extraordinary moral and spiritual insight, which I guess is a psychic in a way. But, you know, I don't know. I, I see it as a little bit farther when you're talking about a seer. So, but she's very interesting in, on um, the way she does things. And uh, so writing, uh, you know, a language that's not around anymore. And so it's going to be interesting to talk to him. So, but anyways, um, oh, and, and, and Karen, we did have like, I don't really have news because I'm packing the move. So, um, you know, that's what's going on in my life. What is going on in your life right now? Anything exciting? In my life, I have the Oregon Ghost Conference coming up. Um, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Uh-huh. And what are you doing and then yourself? Giving a talk and I'm teaching a class. And the thing is, is that I haven't actually planned either of those things yet. But it will be excellent anyway because I will have it done before I get there, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be excellent because you're doing it. It's going to be right. cool. And our, our friend Nicole Strickland is uh, flying into Portland and, you know, the author. She's been on the show. Oh, yes, I know who she is. Yes, I know. Um, I don't <laughs> love her like you do, but I really think she's a, a good person. And yes, so she's, she's a very going, good person. She's going Sorry. to be staying, um, staying with us. The night before the conference. So. Well, that's, that's good for you, bad for me. So anyways, um, so yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, I mean, that's all I really have nothing to talk about except for the fact that I'm, um, you know, I don't know, being better with my psychic abilities and I'm packing to move to my other son's house in a couple of days and oh, being busy at work. That's the normal life stuff, you know, nothing really too spectacular to speak about um yes so you know but uh i started i've started doing in to enhance the reiki that i do i've also started doing um sound therapy vibrational oh yeah Yeah. singing bowls and um did you start that already or tuning forks yes and how 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 is that i was curious about that is that i mean is it really see me There she goes again. I give you the whole package, man. It's like the little fishing line comes out, hooks me in, and just reel me in. Um, well, so I do mostly with Jim, but anybody else who 
comes, I will do it with as well. And it seems to it seems to help him. He's like a pretty chill dude lately. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've just been getting into meditation. I've been doing timing now where I go like, I timed it for 20 minutes. I went in I went in longer. I came out. I was like, sometimes I feel like I'm drunk when I come out of it because I've been in so long. You, you, know, and it's not you like ground a, yourself when you're done? You know yes. it's important to ground yourself. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. I was told to do that. So, yeah. But when I come out, and it's kind of like. drink a big glass of cold water. Oh, I didn't know about that. So I'll try Ground that. yourself, drink a glass of cold water, and grab onto some kind of a grounding crystal that's like black or red. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll try that. I, what's what's the water though? What, why do you? What's the water's grounding too? So oh. whenever I finish a Reiki treatment with someone, mm-hmm. yeah, I always give them a glass of water, and I go in and run my hands under cold water, and it's just it's grounding. Oh, okay. The cool. other thing you can do is you can just sweep your aura. You can move your hands from your head and actually bend down and touch the floor when you're done sweeping your aura, and that'll ground you too. Oh, okay. Cool. Hey, Cheryl, maybe that should be my next metaphysics article, how to ground yourself. How to ground yourself. Um, Yeah. I like that idea. I definitely should do that. That's awesome. I just like the vision of grounding myself, you know, with the energy, and and that works pretty good. So, But it's weird because it really just – I also use both. You do what? OG stones or Kansas City pop rocks. Okay. That works good. Grounding. Oh my God, those are like ridiculously grounding. Anything cool. that has um, magnetic, like iron pyrite, things like that, are really mm-hmm. grounding too. Nice. Well, they have some like crystal slash uh, little um, hour and a half like classes out here in Oakland. I'm going to be going to just to, uh, well, just for one to kind of get into the community a little bit and touch with other people that you know are in the same things and kind of see what they have to say about it I, i'm kind of curious so you know it was like it was really cheap at like 20 dollars or something like that so i'll go try it out and see you know if i can learn some more stuff you know it's always good to get more knowledge but yeah i love my meditation i, I love doing yeah. my cars now yeah I, lo- I meditate every day for about an hour sometimes yeah. longer sometimes i do it twice a day just because i need more than an hour yeah <laughs> so. yeah i do i do uh i i've been trying to go longer and longer and longer you know I try to start earlier you know and go longer so it's fun um and i've been using this thing too i don't know if you've seen it before i use this it's like a pyramid you see it i got this from the mind body and spirit expo oh my god that's so funny i was totally gonna say is it a pyramid before you showed it to me yeah it is it's like a uh and it's it's for energy and it, it, it helps with the meditation it brings it in it's really you cool should so. try a, Chris, a singing bowl I, my daughter wants to do that. She, of course, she wanted to buy one. They're really expensive, by the way. Well, it um, depends on what you get. I mean, you can get the metal ones, and they're not too bad. And if you go on okay. eBay, you can even get a decent crystal one for about fifty bucks. Fifty. Really? 60. Okay, yeah, because they weren't that. They weren't like that when we were looking at them. So I was like, oh, and they're so yeah. resonant. I mean, the, the crystal, the metal ones are fine, but the crystal ones are like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> the room. They're great. <laughs> Yeah, because I did the gong. I, I I have that gong CD from the, uh, someone that Nancy gave me, and that's pretty interesting. Um, but uh, I like the singing bowls. I, I've seen some people doing that. It's really interesting to to, to try that out. So, so. Yeah, I, I really love my singing bowls. So Cheryl gave I – mean, we don't have the news, but Cheryl gave me this thing about um, – which I saw this one earlier, which is funny that she gave it to me, and then – uh, right after I had, I just read about this, you know, the Stanley hotel where they do the, um, uh, paranormal events and stuff like that. And they were saying that they weren't going to do them anymore. Um, that the policy was that they were going to stop doing the ghost hunts and stuff like that. Uh, cause they wanted to get more back into the history of things and stuff like that, which 
I understand that you want to get into the history and everything, but I think that's part of the history. You know, I think it's a good connection. Um, of course, it brings in, you know, a lot of money, too, for the park and, you know, the economy and stuff like that. So, but then I just saw um, when I was reading about that, and you were all talking about how sad it was and they were going to cut them off after April. And then there was like an update saying that they're not going to do that, that they're still going to do them, but just like on the weekends instead of like, you know, all, you know, all week long. So, uh, so they can do a little of both, which I think that's fine. You know what I mean? I, I would hate to see them turn totally away from the connection to the spirit world. Cause I mean, it's important. I, at least I think it's important anyways, you know, it's mean, important to me. Yes. Oh, it's important to us. So I, you know, it's good to see that they, they weren't going to go, you know, no, 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 no. You know, we're not going to do it anymore. Uh, now this one, um, was pretty interesting cause it's got about, it's got about, it's about Aaron Rodgers, uh, the football player. And it's got to do with UFOs, which I thought was where it says, um, and I like the way it says, did, did it touch down Packers star Aaron Rodgers claims he saw independence style day style UFO in New Jersey. And it, it went to describe that, uh, uh, in the case of the X-Files, maybe just one tackle too many, uh, NFL star Aaron Rodger, Rodgers had revealed the bizarre moment he saw. He claims he saw a UFO flying over New Jersey. The Green Bay Packers quarterback said he'd been staying with former California Golden Bears teammate Steve Levy's family in February 2005 when he heard a weird siren in the distance uh, just at midnight. Um, then it goes on to say, Rodgers said he and some of the other guests ran outside just in time to see this alien spacecraft, which he described as something from the, like the movie Independence Day, flying through the sky. Um, it was large, orange, left to right, moving objects, he said during the interview on podcast. Uh, the third duo said it had been snowing and overcast, making it difficult to make out the shape of the UFO, but it was definitely large in the night sky, moving from left to right. Um, he said, uh, Roger said that he and Levy and his brother all witnessed the UFO. It goes out of sight, and we looked at each other and said, what the beep was that? The player who had been in the rural New Jersey because he was due to appear on a show called Cold Pizza for ESPN the following morning said the strange sighting was accompanied by the sounds of fighter jets. He later discovered that the sirens heard before spotting the spacecraft came from a nuclear power plant, something he claims was common with UFO sightings. And it's an experience that left has never left him. Uh, years later, uh, he says he still they still talk about it all the time. So I thought that was kind of interesting to, to see that. Uh, and it's funny because I've never – I have you ever seen a UFO? I've never seen one. I've never experienced it. Okay. I should I probably speak out loud because people on the radio can't see me shaking yeah, a, my head no, she, right? She, she shook her head no. Yeah, it's okay. I'll, I'll just narrate it. Karen then shook her head no. But uh, no, I mean, I've never seen it. I would like to see one. I think that would be kind of cool. But um, normally if I see it, I go, oh, my God. It's a, oh, never mind. It's a plane. Or I would like to see one. And at mm -hmm. the same time, it might be a little creepy. But, you know, the thing is, is that the first time I saw a ghost, I thought it was creepy, too. So I think that these experiences, like seeing a UFO mm -hmm. or ex experiencing something paranormal, it opens your mind and it causes you to think about and explore things that you might not ever otherwise have done. So that's true. Even though they're a little creepy to start, it's usually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, just like yeah, like you said, like seeing spirits or even doing the psychic stuff for me, that was all creepy at first. Now I'm just kind of like, I like it, you know. It's it's a nice. Yeah, story. I talk to dead people. What? A, yeah, what a, I talk to dead people. Yeah, some guy went blah blah yeah, blah, and they're like, and people go, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, that's what happens. So, um, all right, the last one was weird because this one said, um, how quickly can a vampire drink your blood? Okay, well, if a vampire was real and they could drink blood, uh, uh. 
uh, students had calculated just how long it would take a vampire to drain the body of blood. I'm not sure why they were doing this, but it might be near to the top of the list of unlikely ways to die. But if some particular twist of fate, you did end up at the receiving end of Dracula's fangs. How long would it last? According to physics students from the University of is Lee Chester, the answer is 17.3 minutes. The unorthodox research was published just in time to coincide with the 85th anniversary of the famous 1931 Universal movie Dracula, How which started. Do you know what the flow rate would be? How would? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, they, must well, have, people... they must have uh, created some conditions. Well, you think some people could suck more than others, right? I mean, some people could suck really good, and some people can't suck really good. So, just saying. So I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> The students used fluid dynamics to determine how the blood would be lost through a puncture wound in the neck and then worked out from there how long it would take for the person to die. According to the research, it would take a vampire 6.4 minutes to drain 0.75 liters. That's 50% of a person's blood with the blood loss becoming oh, fatal when they figured reached around 40%. Of my blood gone before. How much? How I've much is it? 50% of my blood. You're still alive. Was Last it from a vampire? That's because I had a transfusion. Well, it wasn't from a vampire then. It was just from no. the hospital. There you go. Well, I mean, I, Cheryl, that's pretty good, uh, considering that, you know, I didn't have any news tonight. That's some pretty weird news of the strange and the odd. Yeah, you did so, good. You did good. Well, I think. I, and especially going off a cell phone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. That stuff is interesting. But, I, like I said, I'm really glad the Stanley Hotel is taking a stance that um, they will continue on the weekends, to do the tours, as it should be. So there you go. So um, do you know, uh, do you, oh, that's right, you said you didn't know anything about the, the Resident Undead people, per se, except for what I was filling you in on. Is that correct? Me? Are you talking to me? Talking I'm, to talking me? To you, I'm talking to you. Talking to me? Um, I do not, because, okay. as you know, I, I know. You're busy don't with watch the a lot of stuff, stuff, although I am watching a French show right now called Les Revenants. Which is uh, oh, about is that the return? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, the return. Yes, that's that's yeah. good. Um, there's oh, two. Have you seen the French show? Have I've seen. seen I have the I have the French one on. I on really I really like it. Did they do more than one season? Yeah, they did. Well, I don't think I've never seen a season two. But then the American people did the return, which is the same thing, and they're on season two. I've never watched that though. I watched the original French one, which I thought was fantastic. Did they explain it at the end? Did they answer all the mysteries, or am I going to get to episode eight and still not know crap? I, I'm going to get to episode eight and still not know crap, huh? I refuse to answer that question on the grounds <laughs> you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> but it's a really, really good show. So it's I, I haven't. Show yeah, I haven't looked. It's beautifully shot, beautifully yes. filmed. Yes, yeah. I like the lake where they come. Yeah, from the lake. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, beautiful. I haven't. Um, I haven't like looked up to see if there's a season two. Maybe there is. I don't know. Mm. I like a lot of those odd um, shows, and uh, I like a lot of BBC. And uh, you Have know, you seen the one with Harry Potter and John Hamm, um, with Daniel Radcliffe and John Hamm. Harry Potter. <laughs> I like to see Colin. I don't know what, what. Which one? What is that? I'm gonna have to look up really. Quickly, a young doctor's notebook. Oh no, never it's seen it. It's on Netflix. Do you have Netflix? Yes, I do. Did it's we good. lose Chuck? Did we lose me? No. Hello. I'm still here. We lost I, Karen. I can hear you. Are you there? And I can hear Karen. Okay. Can you hear me? <laughs> Are you there? I can hear you, Cheryl, yeah. 
Karen can't yes, hear me. Karen, we're here. Okay, sorry, I totally. That's okay. That's all right. Continue. So I'm is, you guys it's a good show. Yes. <laughs> Bob says you're you. both there. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Thanks very much. Okay, so I, I didn't hear your answer. Have you seen a young doctor's no, notebook? No, oh my gosh, it is so dark and twisted. Really? Yeah. Now you got me interested, so I'm gonna have yeah, to. Yeah, it's it. very I'm, twisted. Wait, what's it called again? I'm gonna write this down. A young doctor's notebook. Young um, doctor's notebook. Okay, I'm gonna check it out and see what it's what it is. Um, yeah, I uh, Tanner recommended it to me, and I started watching it, and I was like, "Wow, this is dark." <laughs> Not to check it out. There's nothing There's you know. There's room for some darkness once in a while. It's very interesting. Well, but it's also funny. It's dark. It's it's dark, and there's some funny stuff. And I kind of like the combination of dark and and comedy. Well, I just started watching Gotham because people kept saying, "Oh, Gotham's so awesome." So I went. I watched Gotham, and I, I like it. It's okay. I really hooked on the Beauty and the Beast, the new one. I don't know why, but I am. There's um, a new Beauty and the Beast. Yes, there's a new one uh, with the girl from Smallville, and yeah, it's really good. Because uh, I know the original was like the '80s with like Ron Perlman, um, stuff like that, and I think Linda Hamilton from Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. I vaguely remember that. I never really watched it, but I remember that it was on like ABC in the '80s or something. Yeah, I never watched it either. But then they're like, "Oh, there's a new one. It's more you know updated, of course, and stuff." But I, um, I do like it. So it's it's actually pretty cool. It kind of reminds me like if you like Buffy. Uh, television show or I've Angel, like that. Oh my God! Seriously, mm-hmm. Cheryl, have you seen Buffy? Angel? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Oh, there there you go. More, well, then you'd like the show. More Buffy, but yeah. That's okay. You you like the show then? It's kind of like got that same okay. vibe to it, so it's cool. So and I just um, finished watching season four of House of Cards on Netflix. I heard that was pretty good. I haven't ever seen um, it. This season was, it, it started out really good, and it kind of, to me, ended almost cartoon villainish. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that the main characters in this are so, um, they, they can be almost a little cartoon villainish at times. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, and Jessica P. said, I tried rewatching Buffy. Uh, she, wh- wh- why is she ever annoying or something like that? She's really annoying now. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, Buffy was kind of a whiny one, but you know, I still like the show. So, nah, never saw it. Yeah, but you know, of course, my favorite, one of my favorite shows, besides the A Team from the eighties, of course, because I love old campy TV shows, is the X Files, and it, and I was so like, I was so angry when it ended, and I was like, no, you can't, you can't, like, really, you're gonna leave it like that? Thank God they're coming back. I'd have been, I'd have been writing some serious, nasty notes to somebody. I saw a few episodes of The X-Files, but I never really watched that either. I've never been a big TV person. Okay. You know, I'm not a big TV or movie person. Right. I'd rather us, read a book. That's good. Some of us have to hold the TV, and some of us hold the books, you know. I'm, like, all over the place. I'll do a little bit of everything just because I can't sit still. But I've gotten better about but, that, too. Yeah, I do with Netflix and Hulu. I do watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Netflix will suck you into weird stuff, too. Like, I, I, I don't know, what's that show? Boop. Also, I'm like, I never watched it. Oh, this is so bad. Oh, and the next thing I'm watching it, I'm like, I never would have watched that show if I wouldn't have seen it on Netflix. If it was never on a, Netflix. Yeah, never in a million years. Never. Yeah, Hulu's like that, too. I'm, I've been watching, I think I told you I've been watching the 112263 yeah. on Hulu. Yeah. And it's really, I really am enjoying it. It only has, like, two shows left because it's just, like, an eight-show miniseries. So... I do like that. So I do, I mean, I do watch stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I just never turn on my TV. I watch it on my computer. 
I hear you. No wrong with that. That's good. Yeah, Jessica's talking about the Mortal Instruments too. Yes, there's the movie, the Mortal Instrument, the movie. That's really good too. So yes, yes. There's a lot. There's a lot. Odd. Was it Odd Thomas? I think it's called. That's a really good movie based on the uh, novels and stuff. That's a really kind of cool movie about the Mm. other side and stuff. Yep, it's pretty good. I should start watching movies. Maybe. I think we should just start doing like a TV show, like a TV critics movie show, you know, thing. We just except just, that I don't watch really movies. I that's right. Well, you could do like the books, and I could do the movie. Last Star Wars right. movie. Yeah, I didn't see it either, so don't feel bad. My son keeps going. You haven't seen it yet? I'm like, no. I mean, I watched the original ones, and they were okay because it was this what the 70s. So I liked them then, you know. I said, but I don't watch they them. Were all. I'm not like them. Game changers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Movies. So those I, movies were game changers, and yeah. that's why I watched them. Yeah, I like it, but I mean, you know, uh, but uh, it's coming out. That's right. Don't worry. It's coming on like a uh, Blu-ray in the next couple of weeks or something like that. So you'll be able to watch it soon. There you go. I know you won't watch it. Lots of time. Netflix. Uh, I did watch Martian though. You did what? Oh yeah. With Martian Matt learned Damon. how to grow potatoes in my own poop. Yeah. We talked about that. Didn't we? Yep. I wouldn't eat potatoes growing my own poop. Well, I guess it's just fertilizer though. Right. I mean, your own poop. Watch them. No, yeah. I don't think I could. No. Awesome. Uh-uh. Nope. All right. Well, if you were hungry, you would. So let's go to break. Huh? Oh, okay. Sure. That's fine. All right. We're going to go to break and then we're going to come back and we're going to have a show. And Cheryl's um, <laughs> going to have a thunderstorm. And, wow. and all sorts of stuff is going to happen. So, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening and stick around. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on MixLR. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next to Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. 
Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. So, you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you've just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host, me, Chucky G, and the lovely resting on her bed, Karen Frazier. That's because Karen Frazier has a migraine. I know. Nobody else can see it. Right. She's just chilling. It's okay. You just chill and just deal with your migraine. I got the show. Don't worry about it. I have uh, some wonderful guests on the show this evening. I'm kind of excited because I'm like a, you know, a stalker of this show. Uh, it's called Resident Undead. We have uh, two people with us this evening, the founder, Adam Kimmel, and then Becca Kirschbaum. Hello. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hey. Thank you for having us. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm um, feeling a little inadequate. I've just got to tell you right now, because on break, what I learned is Chuck is a super fan. And I'm just going to be real <laughs> honest and tell you, I've never seen your show. But there are many, many shows I've never seen because I'm just not a watcher. It's okay. It's all right. We st- I still love you, Karen. Don't you worry about it. It's all good. Don't worry. I got I'm just interested in what you do. I know. Okay. Um, so anyways, um, so all right. So I have a question. First of all, make sure I understand this correctly, Mister Adam. Um, you do you own Randolph County Infirmary? Is that do you own that? Is that correct? That is correct. Co-owner with uh, Mister Dan Allen, Uncle Dan. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. I was just making sure before I started, you know, spotting things off and stuff like that. You own oh, absolutely. Um, would say, I'm sorry. Would say. <laughs> Did you just say you own an infirmary? Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> it's awesome. That's what I said. I got to get down there. Um, Okay, so let's start here. Let's just start. Um, I'll start with Adam first. Um, so, I, 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 of course, I know all about you because I, I stalk you. But um, why don't you go ahead and tell people, like, like what, what you like, yeah, like what you like for Karen, to, you know, and the listeners, what you used to do and then how you got into the paranormal. We'll start there and then we'll move over to Becca. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, actually, I met Becca when I watched School Spirits. She was also on that show. Mm-hmm. School Spirits was on Sci-Fi. They did a great job of kind of covering what happened to me, my first experience with the paranormal uh, back at Slip Rock University. Uh, it was at my frat house. We had so many weird experiences, you know, from footsteps, little girls giggling. It was just, it was weird. And I'd never been really introduced to this world before. So 
you know, I left college kind of having a taste for that. Uh, I, I did pursue more stuff after I was, it was the ironic part was I studied for five years to be a, well, political scientist, whatever that means in this world today. And I remember I was sitting in the, my advisor's office mm-hmm. who refused to be on the show for the record. Cause he knew how crazy I was. He had nothing good to say. Cause I left this field for, you know, I left political science for this. And I remember <laughs> sitting there with him and I said, you know, professor Daniels was his name. I said, professor Daniels, uh, I don't know how to level with you right now because we were signing the paperwork for my internship. And he said, one signature and you're on your way to Washington, D.C. And I'm thinking to myself, my future is right in front of me. I, I had this experience at the frat house. I went out to this one cemetery, Snyder Cemetery. Had I got scratched on my back, so I knew something was going on. And I, with all those events, I told him straight up, I said, you're not going to take me seriously. I know that, but... I'm going to decline this internship, and I know I've been working at it for five years, and politics, 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 whatever. I said, but I'm going to get into paranormal research. And it, he thought it was a joke. He started laughing. He spun around in his swivel chair, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is going well. And I basically, I finally tell him again, I'm like, no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm not going to sign. And that was the, the fate, the fate and the destiny of creating Resident Undead right after that. And so I have to tell you, though, yeah. I have to interrupt you for a minute because I believe that yeah. paranormal research is far more believable than politics. So good for you. Good choice. Oh, please. <laughs> I know. I, I look at our politics today. Oh, I think I picked the winning, the winning route. So, um, yeah. But, but because of that, you know, I, I had a passion for it from there. And I feel like we could always build big things. And it's funny, we were just talking about this today and where we're, we're landing with everything. Right after I was on Paranormal Challenge, uh, you know, I did a few radio shows. And the biggest question, they always ask that generic question, what's your goal in the paranormal field? It's like, what do you think it is? Like, and it's such a, such a generic question to ask. And I gave the answer to what I believed was right. I said, you know what? I want to create a network of good people that have the same passion as me, and we are going to build so many great things. We're going to rejuvenate the paranormal field. We're going to make it better than it's ever been before. I said this five years ago in an interview, and of course they laughed, you know, because people, the way they think with paranormal unity and how crazy it is, no one, you know, no one really gets along in the field. Mm-hmm. And, but I said, you know what? I believe we can actually unite people and do great things. And now with the Randolph County Infirmary, it, it's only proving everything I laid down. I said, Everyone's going to work together. We're going to open properties. We're going to bring respect back to the, respect back to the field. We're going to be accepted to the mainstream. And well, guys, it's I think it's unfolding. So long story short, no, that's, that's awesome. That's really awesome. I and then like for, passion. I you know what? If you do what you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. That's right. I haven't worked in five years. That's right. I, get it. <laughs> awesome. I don't either. Yeah, there you go. And then, and then Becca, I, I wanted to ask, um, I mean, I know your history too, of course, uh, but, um, once you go, once you kind of, kind of tell us like where you came from and how you, how you came about, cause I know, 
Uh, for once, uh, well, I want to make something clear. I, at least I, I think I saw this, and you can tell me if I'm incorrect. But I know that you feel the the, the term psychic because you know Karen's a psychic, I'm a psychic. But you kind of feel that's kind of like a generic term, you know. Um, and I want to I want to clear that clarify because then I mean, when I see what you do, I mean, or what we all do, really seriously, it's more of like a seer's position, you know, where your um your 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 moral and spiritual instincts kind of take over, and that's what you do. But uh, you know, of course, being saying psychic people kind of relate to it more than the seer. And I think I'm like a therapist, frankly. But go oh, on. Go. No, I'm sorry. So, um, so, but you know, but so, but, but take us to like how you got into it and how you came about, uh, and then kind of a little bit about what I just said, if that's okay. Well, for me, it's it's actually very different because I was very passionate about not being involved in this world. I didn't want anything to do with it. I was overwhelmed by it. I felt like it would push me into a stereotype. And honestly, my goal has always been to just, you know, go do my thing, write my books. I was in grad school at the time. I started to get very involved. So I will start with that and say that this was not really something that I truly wanted to do. I didn't seek it out. It had been seeking me out my whole life, and then it just came to a head when I met Adam Kimmel and his explosive, crazy, passionate energy. Can can I add something? Can I add something? The best way to describe our relationship is when an unmovable object meets, uh, what do they say? An unmovable object meets an unstoppable force, right? (laughs) So... We have a girl here who wants to eat chocolate, uh, you know, re- write books, Netflix, and you got me with the crazy. It's it's just it's a beautiful chemistry of what we put together, you know. But oh, continue back. I just wanted that quote. I just I, when you were saying that, I just had to. Oh, well, yes. Adam, Adam's right. I'm very introverted, and this field requires you to be very connective with people, and that was the right. thing that I wasn't very comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Even now, people will seek me out, and they'll say, oh, I see that you do this thing, you're psychic, whatever. Like, hey, do a reading for me. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> like, I don't want your energy in my space. Like, I respect people who can do it, but for me, it's just too overwhelming. So mm-hmm. that's, like, sort of, like, I got sucked into this world, and so from there, I started resident undead ghost hunting, which, and I say resident undead ghost hunting because it's not ghost hunting like you typically ghost hunt. With resident right. undead, we hit the ground and we go. We have gone 24 hours for a shoot. So it's basically, mm-hmm. and I'm artistic, and I think this is how Adam sucked me. And that, and the universe just was going to keep beating me over the head until I finally yielded and said, fine, take me as I am. I will, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But we, we will, sh- he like, so like, I'm very artistic. I went to art school. I have my master's in, in fine arts. That's what I wanted to do. So he kind of like pulled me in with this sort of like, let's make beautiful art together. Let's create something. And I was like, okay. But then it just so happened to also be ghost hunting. Now I will say like, I did definitely struggle against the universe for, for maybe three years. And I say the universe because I can't describe that force in any other way. It kept coming after me. I didn't want anything to do with it, but it kept coming after me. And I will tell you, when I got super resistant, right after I had met Adam, I started to get super resistant. And I will tell you, it's easier to protect yourself if you're kind of going with what you're supposed to be doing. But like as a, as a, I, don't, I will say thanks because it's, I don't have a good word that's universal and that the people will truly like grasp what I'm trying to talk about. But like as a psychic, you have to really accept what you're experiencing in order to protect yourself against it and in order to be a healthy person. So mm-hmm. I was very mm-hmm. adamant about not involving myself. And I will tell you this, my 
last year of graduate school, and I actually have, I was so shocked by it, and this, this tells you how much of a millennial I am. The first thing I did was go out my phone and take a selfie with it. But I, my shower doors exploded. My last year of graduate school, it was very, like, Adam, like, I'm not working with Adam Kimmel. Adam Kimmel and I don't get along. People were too intense for one another. And that night, I can't tell you, I know something creepy was, was kicking around my apartment. I cannot tell you why exactly it was there. I just can tell you that it was creepy and it had a lot of force to it. And I woke up in the middle of the night and my shower doors had completely exploded. I didn't get out of bed. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a, I'm a big baby sometimes. I did not oh, get out of bed. I'll validate this. She's lazy. She's lazy. Uh, if yeah, I'm breaking in, you really have to catch her attention. <laughs> I heard this, I heard this met, like huge, massive crash in my apartment in the middle of the night. And of course, like a child, I pulled my, my blankets over my head and went back to sleep forgot completely about it. I woke up in the morning and I went to take a shower and there was glass all over my bathroom because I had those old-fashioned glass doors. And from that, from that moment on, my landlord would not come into my apartment because she said it was spooky in there and that she had never, in the 20 years that she had been working in that apartment complex, seen something like that happen. Wow. So, so basically, every time I tried to turn away from it, something really crazy happened. So I guess mm-hmm. at this point, I'm just kind of like in surrender, like, take me as I am. It's fine. Let's do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's funny, too, because, yeah, and it's just funny because you say inverted. That's how Karen is. She's kind of the same kind of person. But and, yeah. and on the flip side, which and is I, really weird. I, and I'm like you. I didn't want to have anything to yeah. do with it. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I still, I clearly I have a radio show and I write books and, <laughs> you know, and all of that stuff. So people know. But it's not like, you know, you know, the psychics that walk up to people and that's the first thing they tell you is, hey, I'm a psychic. And, how <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. not me. So I get it. No, I, me I, either. I get completely yeah. Completely. I had to get the universal two by four too. Sometimes it just happens that way. Yeah, that is exactly I, it. Yeah, you know what? I, can, I tell people about it in my daily life. Like people find out through social media and stuff. Like yeah. in my daily, like normal thing, I do my job, I do my thing. But yep. people find out about it, and you can kind of tell that they're kind of like, "Are you going to tell me something about myself?" And I totally yeah. don't. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do the opposite on purpose. <laughs> like I know this is happening to you right now. I know you're having marital problems. I know your husband's cheating on you, but I'm going to go the complete opposite direction so you don't know that I know that. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it's funny, too, because you say inverted people, but I'm not, I'm not an, I don't consider myself an inverted person. You are an person. extrovert. You are not right. an introvert. I'm an extrovert. But what's funny is I'm an extrovert, <laughs> but I ignored uh, these gifts, and I call them gifts because I, I feel that they are. Sometimes they're, yeah. they don't feel like they are, but they are. Um, but yeah. I ignored them for a long time. After my life just totally imploded because I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And so now here I am putting yep. my life back together. And, you know, of course, if you stalk me on Facebook, you know this. So, um, but, yeah. you know, that's that's where I'm at right now. And now I just accept it and things come all the time and it's not, not much I can do about it. I just have to go with the flow. So that's, that's yep, cool. Yeah, that, I follow. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about really quickly about the, uh, the other people that are in Resident Undead right now. Because I know I've watched like, inclinations of different people uh coming and going since i've been watching it for a while but you have you know right. chris Mus- you have chris musgrove and ashley lucky so and those two mm-hmm. are just really they're really cool in fact i was just watching the one where uh, was it is it called sadamsville is that what it's called am i saying that correctly uh you know everybody says i say it wrong the tour guide kept saying uh sadamsville sadamsville and, okay. and it 
it was his accent. And he was like, welcome to Saddamsville. And I'm like, okay, I guess that, well, because when the tour guide says that you assume, okay, well, that must be how it's said. Yeah, but if you look right. in that episode, Adam, it's Saddamsville. And I'm like, oh, Adams, we're not doing oh, okay. this, guys. We're not doing this. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and I like, I like. There's I an like ongoing it. fight. Yeah, and I like that one because it's like I watched Chris like jump right out of the skin when the priest goes and puts oh, his hand yeah. around him. It's like yeah. you never, I've never seen him jump. I've watched lots of things with him, and that was interesting. But um, so well, fun uh, fact, Chuck, that was the first time we were all together as a team. Adam yeah. and I had been doing it kind of rogue for a while, and then okay. I didn't work with him, and then Chris came on board, and then we both came oh, back oh. on board. Okay. And this was Ashley's first episode with us with that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. That's one of my favorite ones. But uh, yeah, they they seem to be really great people and a great asset to uh, what you guys do as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I love Ashley's just crazy. I'm just freewheeling, <laughs> whatever you know. She's like <laughs> she cracks me up, man. I think I saw wearing cat ears. Yeah, yeah, wearing the cat ears and the, yeah, it's it's awesome. So um, yeah, she's so, like so snooky, look- but we're fun. <laughs> so okay, so so let's talk a little bit about. Um, Let's let's touch on the infirmary really quick, and then I want to talk about the way you guys go about your investigating. So, can you just give yeah. us a little background? I mean, I know, but just give us a little background on the Randolph County Infirmary. Actually, it was called the Randolph County Poorhouse and Infirmary, correct? Right, because over time they kept changing it. It started the it was well back in the 1850s, early 1850s. It was actually known as the County Asylum, but that was a completely different building from what we see today. Okay. Um, that only lasted for about, I think, two years. It burnt down. There may have been bodies buried in the back. I'm almost sure of it. There's there's some records that say their bodies were buried in the back unmarked. I'm assuming right. they came from that asylum. And then they built another county asylum on top of it. That lasted probably until about 1897, 96. They knocked it down because people, there were stories coming out of the place. And you know, this is where a lot of people come up and they try to, you know, attack me saying, you know, well, how do you know? It's like, well, the bad stuff's not really going to be documented, but we know this stuff's happening. For example, Pennhurst State School, you know, the families still live within Spring City. Their relatives worked there. If abuse is going on and things like that, you don't want that stuff getting out. They're always going to say these facilities were, you know, loving and all that. And what was going on, though, was in that second county asylum, stories were coming out of patients being over-medicated. I did find documented proof that a woman was being kept in a cage. Uh, it was, there was rainwater dripping all over her. The commissioners saw this. Wow. They knew that the conditions were terrible. These people should not be in this. The public outrage was ridiculous. On top of that, they had to take measures. And they knocked that building down, and in 1899 they constructed the Randolph County Infirmary. Now, there are records, you know, showing that the treatment eventually was better. Now, things mm-hmm. are going, we, people come to the infirmary all the time and they'll tell us a story. When I was, we had an 80-year-old man show up one day. And he said, you know, I never told anybody this, but when I was 18, we used to use this room down here in the basement. We used to hose the, the uh, poverty-stricken people, the people that were poor, and they didn't, we didn't have showers, so we just hosed them down. He's like, I actually got pleasure out of this, but I know it was wrong. But he was a teen. He didn't know any better. You right. know, these stories are undocumented. You're not going to find this in official records. Spray old man in the basement today. You know what I'm saying? So right. yeah. these stories were surfacing. And I will say this, uh, and this is from a lot of the public coming back and saying, 
it was after the 19, early 1950s, maybe late or late 40s, the infirmary took on a string of loving and caring caretakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they turned it around dramatically. And um, it, it, because the, the whole county saw that as where you just sent the unwanted. You sent your, your elderly grandmother there because no one wants to take care of her. They didn't want that reputation anymore. So in those last 50 years, they really upped the ante. They made people care about this place. They showed what they were doing with the elderly there. Um, they called it the, uh, the care center. Um, it was, I don't know, my mind just went blank. In its last years, it was known as the um, oh, just a roadblock care center. But they, they, basically what I'm trying to say is they changed the name to really revamp the image. Because when you say Randolph County Infirmary, well, mm-hmm. does that sound where you, like you want to send your parents, you know, when they uh, get old? Like, yeah. oh, send to the infirmary. <laughs> uh, you know, so when you add the whole name game, you add that up, and, and they really were doing a great job. They had a great pamphlet out in the end, and, and people, they, there are some amazing stories that came out. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make history, but you're going to expect that at any facility across the country. Right. But okay. that's in a nutshell, basically, uh, okay. what the history is like. Cool. All right, so... um before I get into like the things you guys do, like the ripples in time and such, um, I wanted to ask you a question, Becca. Um, th- this, uh, the writing or speaking in this different language, I'm kind of curious about oh, this. Yeah. Can Thank you cool. kind of can you kind of <laughs> share share like where did that come from or uh, um, what, what's what's the history to it or you know I'm kind of curious about that because I, I I just had to ask that question. I wrote it down and circled it really big so. Well, you're saying uh, yeah. Becca's calculating. She's calculating right now how deep you want to go down the rabbit hole. And <laughs> see her calculating her words very carefully. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I actually, all the way I down the rabbit hole. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> I um, in grad school, I started working really closely with Michelle Belanger, and I don't know how familiar you are with her, but she was yes. on Paranormal State. Yeah, on I know who she is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and she also, I actually knew her before Paranormal State. I knew her work. I was starting to starting to accidentally come into my own as a quote-unquote psychic. Okay. Doing these things that I wasn't comfortable. I was experiencing things. I was having trouble in my classes focusing because I felt like there was noise in my head. And when I explained, I actually, I'm not crazy. I went to a psychologist and I was like, please explain to me what's happening. And they were like, we don't exactly know what you're trying to describe, but you're not having experiences that we can diagnose other than maybe you're a little anxious. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what's happening to me. So I ended up seeking Michelle out first by reading her books and getting information that way. And then I was like, you know, I feel like I need to talk to this person. So I went to, she has a big convention that she runs in Cleveland every year. So that's kind of, well, actually, let me start. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was right. There's a lot of rabbit hole little, <laughs> there's a lot of little portals to the rabbit hole here. But I actually, right before I sought her out in person, I, was, I had a really scary experience with my boyfriend at the time who believes firmly to this day that he was possessed by something that he cannot, he had no control over. And it was a very scary experience because it started to line up with things that had happened to me in my childhood. My child, in my childhood, I had, I, well, in my childhood, I mean, I was in high school. I had a very scary experience where I had something attack me, and it wasn't sleep paralysis because my mother actually experienced the same thing because I called her downstairs because I was so afraid. I had something that was on top of me choking me, saying in a different language, you will come to know. And I 
remember distinctly being very upset because I did not understand how he was speaking a different language to me, but I coherently knew what he was trying to express. And okay. I remember the this, this sensation of, of terror. And I, at the time, I was just ex- extremely religious. And I, I won't say that I'm not religious now, but at the time, I was definitely in youth group and things like that. So I remember that I, I set up like a very forceful prayer, and that actually stopped. I have a lot of theories as to why that's not that, but that's a whole different story. My mom came downstairs, and she saw something run around the bed. So that was my first experience with the language. Now, at the time, I was in Pentecostal churches, so I, I was familiar with speaking in tongues, and that specifically did not scare me when it started to happen to me. For that reason, I, I was kind of familiar with it. I was more afraid. I was like, okay, what's happening to me? Do I have, like, split personality? Like, what is this? But when I actually started to speak the language myself, I had been working with Michelle on death and rebirth rituals and uh, or rites, as she calls them, and past life regressions. Now, I don't, I don't know how this happened because I was firmly and adamantly against past life being something that could even be a thing. I didn't believe in them. Um, maybe because I was born and raised to believe the world works specific way and anything outside of that was terrifying to me so I refused to believe it for a very long time right so I started doing these death and rebirth rituals with Michelle and these 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 things to try and like understand why I was having some of the weird dreams and like why things were attacking me in my sleep and saying things like you will come to know um and then after we started doing things like that I just started scribbling in my in my classes in a different language and at the time I was like this has got to be scribbles. I'm an artistic person, so maybe I'm creating this. But as I started to truly, to truly allow myself to do it, I realized I just felt a pattern to it. That's interesting. So, being the person that I am, I'm I'm a writer. I do a lot of detective work to try and understand. I, I worked in journalism for a while, so I came up with this idea. I was like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spin this language to all these professors of linguistics, I'm going to just see what they say. I'm obviously not going to tell them that I'm getting it in a psychic way. I'm going to just tell them that I came across this language. When I'm working on the documentary, maybe they can help me find where this language came from. We mm-hmm. still don't have any conclusive, anything too conclusive. We have some very great ideas and some good leads because they did, they did point us in interesting directions. Uh, so we have two, two very interesting leads. One of them is Somebody believes that it is a language that would have been found in Mongolia, in a very like a very old Mongolia, but then okay. probably a dead language because there's a, a very high likelihood that when Stalin started burning down libraries, now I don't know much about history. I know this because Adam explained it to me. Okay, that, that makes her valid that. in my book because she is terrible at history. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Stalin burned a bunch of libraries to the ground, and so that was one professor. Theory that it was like a Mongolian language. Mm-hmm. Another professor, and these are only two of the theories. We have lots and lots of emails to, okay. the, and to my inbox. But the other theory that I find most fascinating is somebody said that it was an, a language that would have been used in uh, religious rites, like it was a spiritual language. And then he proceeded to be like, Where'd you get this language? I'd love to explore it further. And I never wrote him back. Gotcha. <laughs> because how well, do I explain that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's 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 pretty wild. And by the way, on the side note too, aren't you like uh, on a tarot card? Is that correct? Oh yeah, 
yep, I'm on Michelle, yeah. Michelle's Watch Your Angel That's Deck. Right. Yep, Watch I'm Your Angel Deck. You're the wisher. Yes. Yes, I know. That's me. Right. I'm the wish card. <laughs> I, I, do, I do my homework. Um, so, she was right over Angel Death, but. <laughs> the angel of death. Hilarious. How nice is that? make the cut. All right, so so here's what I'm gonna do. I want to touch on this uh, Pandora. Okay, so I'm trying to understand what this is. Is it like like I'm like I want I want to get that so I because I'm I'm very into EVPs and I have all sorts of different equipment that I use for it. Um, is it like is it a software? Is it? I mean, what is it? To be honest with you, that you use. I mean, is it something? No, you create? it's just an older model. We use the older models of Panasonic. We've used okay. various different models. Okay. And we found with the Pandora model, it's, it's Panasonic. Uh, we found with that model, along with the older Sony's analog, there are glitches, and it's all in the white noise. What's happening in those recorders is very similar to when the Spirit Box is creating that artificial white noise and the voices are popping on over it. Yes. Uh, it's, it's something in a recorder, a glitch, and I use glitch and people are going to attack them. And they, how do you know you're not picking up radio waves? Well, yeah. I don't know why we're getting direct messages of, you know, Adam, help us, we're here. I yeah. see Becca. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know songs yeah. that go with those lyrics. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting, <laughs> but it, it's something with a glitch. All the older ones, like I said, there's various models you can use mm -hmm. and We've just had a lot of success with it. I mean, like Becca says, we show them for hours on end, so we combined those, all those hours into the best jam-packed hour, you know, of all the evidence. Because it seems hours, overwhelming. Yeah. 24 yeah. hours. He's, okay. he's a slave yeah. driver. Yeah. 24 okay. hours. That's oh, yeah, that's... You've got to complete the mission. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, yeah well, I was just curious about that because, um, you know, because, I mean, I use... Well, I've, 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 I have SP7. I have the, you know, I have obvious. I have uh, the SDC one on, on my mm -hmm. computer. I have like a, yeah. a bunch of Sony uh, analogs. I have a, the Tascam DRO5s. You know, I use all that kind of stuff. But I was just kind of curious well, at what this I, was. I am right. I'm, I'm very, you know, I know Gary Galka very well. He, he does great things. I wasn't very, I, I didn't really like the SP11. Nothing against it. I don't want, no. you know, the trolls yeah. to get back. Like, Gary, he doesn't like it. No, I, I actually, yeah. I've tried it. For some reason, the 7 is very, it's, for some reason, it's like, it's old faithful. You know, it's old reliable. Mm -hmm. it, it always seems to get get the responses um, right. as far as, you know, Spearbox communication, but. Mm -hmm. Now, wait yeah. a second. Okay, we have a friend, Jeff, who may or may not be listening. If he is listening, hi, Jeff. Love you. Yes. He okay. has this really Uncle cool Jeff. new tool that I am obsessed with because for me, technology is kind of a hit and miss thing, you know, because for me, it, it just, it's strange to wait for an object to tell me the gist of what I already kind of understand. Yeah, I Not get that. always, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? But like, yeah. sometimes I'm like, why am I waiting for this to tell me? I basically get it. This person wants here. Why are we waiting for them to say get up? Right. But Jeff has this very cool thing, and I don't really understand it. I can't tell you the name of it, so I'm hoping Adam remembers, but it's really cool. Hmm. It's the Geobox. Um, oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen those. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been out for a while. Jeff's been using it. Jeff sent. He's been using it for a while, and he puts some amazing clips up. This is a rare item. There's only been a few made so far. Uh, and you know what? I'm, one of, I'm a very scientific person when it comes to this. I need to see results over and over again. I am right. very intrigued with the Geobox. Very well, I think does it, Well, doesn't Nick use that on Paranormal Lockdown? Isn't that what he's using, the Geobox? Yes. 
Okay. Right. That's it. He okay. is. And so, you know, just brought it out to the infirmary, and man, I'm, I call it the portal maker. Uh, and Jeff laughed about that because there is something I, I feel we're getting to that point where we're, you know, we all, we all talk about when is it going to be instant communication? When are we going to have that? Come take right. what, guys? The geo boxes on the front line. And, and I'm just saying that now from what I've seen, it's, wow, it's, it's intriguing. And it raises an eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the intelligent responses are coming back in real time, constantly. Um, it's it's almost know, like we never, broke the barrier. I've never been able to actually work with it. And one thing that, that a lot of people find fascinating is taking a psychic and testing a psychic against technology and vice versa. We, mm-hmm. I've never been able to interact with it because I've never been in the same room as it. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm fascinated enough by it that I am so down to try. We're just waiting yeah. for the opportunity. Right. That's cool. Well, yeah, because well, it's an on. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, go ahead. What did you say? Well, I think it's it's an ongoing experiment. One of my mm-hmm. experiments with Becca was, and anyone that watches the show, yeah. there is a little scientist inside of me that always wants to compare our evidence versus what Becca can pull. Yes. And, yes. you know, when we set up the television, it was by sheer accident that I realized, and we realized at St. Albans that Becca was seeing the spirit interaction on the television in real time. And on top of that, mm-hmm. could predict what we were going to hear in the recording and what was going to happen. Uh, actually, most memorable was what was happening to Chris with the goat man downstairs. Yes, and yes. You know, Becca had, I, I don't go, I don't front load Becca with this stuff. I don't go in and be like, you know, hey, there's a goat man down in the basement, uh, right. all these things. It was after that when she started describing this, she was sketching it out. I'm like looking at the camera like, oh my God, here's this creature with horns. Yeah. And I was going to let that slide. And then she starts, she, she, you remember the creepy stuff, Becca, about mm-hmm. it's dried. It came down there and it's neck twisted back. And you're seeing this and she goes, it's crawling above Chris and she could see like it's claw going into the ceiling. And now we were two floors above Chris. Like there's a floor and then a floor where base was. So it's not us moving. We're sitting in our chairs still. And Chris looks up at the ceiling and he's like, man, it feels like somebody's like, you know, clawing up there. And it's exactly where Becca said this thing was going to be. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, you know, awesome. so Becca yeah, never, she's amazing. I, I love what's that. You, I was going to say, they're both very, you guys are both very spiritual people. So you understand, like, I'm not looking at the TV with my eyes. I'm connected to right. the space. So yeah, right. Like yeah, exactly. Right. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, this is happening downstairs. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of, kind of like focus in on the television. But obviously, because it's very hard for some people to understand. Right. I'm yeah. obviously not watching television. Like I'm watching the football game, waiting to see where the ball goes. I'm right. obviously connected to the space and I'm allowing myself to experience it. Do I think right. there's actually a goat man there? I don't know. He's probably a thought form or like collected yeah. energy, but was they actually see him, seeing him on the television? Not exactly, but kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's because you know, like when we do, well, when I do investigations now, we use old school and new school. Cause I think that the, the, the key to it is really the connection of both putting together, you know, it's a combination yeah. of the two that where you get the best out of it, you know? So that's what I found anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really Did cool. That's where we tested sites against one another, where we tested what I was experiencing against Michelle. That was the Gill House. No, I don't think I ever saw that one. No, the Gill oh, no, oh, House. That's a no, creepy one. All right, I'll have to check that yeah. one out then. I thought I'd seen yeah, them all, but no. Out. All right. Yeah. Well, I want to I I touch on the where you draw. 
I'm going to touch on that. Oh. Like, when you're, like when you're, when they're doing, uh, they're in whatever in the room or wherever they're at. And then you're drawing what you're, you know, what you're getting in your head at the same time. Um, I, I find that very fascinating that, that, that how that works. Can you describe a little bit about what you do there? Like, like I said, I have my MFA, so I'm obviously a very artistic person. I experience, I experience the world in that sort of free-flow, intuitive way, and it's easier for me to, to channel what I'm experiencing into drawing or doodles or writing. So it became a very, um, like, a logical leap to take what I'm experiencing in, at a location and, and translate that into drawing. Now, I will say, Yes, I just realized that I was able to draw dead people when I was in one of my classes at school and in high school. And started drawing all these really creepy things. Like, oh, this person has no eyes. This person looks really, really sick. Like, so obviously I, I figured out that, I, that a lot of my art and creations were actually me pulling in my environment and putting it on paper. So that's how I kind of happened upon it. Mm-hmm. But... It, it was a logical leap to just be like, okay, well, you guys want to know what I'm, what I'm experiencing. It doesn't, it's not really coming across. When I'm saying this person has no eyes, you're not understanding how scary it really is. Right. That's actually kind of how it happens. And then there's another ethical, there's a very practical reason behind why I do this. If we're in something like time and I can't speak to interrupt, be like, oh, hey, this person wants to say this. Right. It's easier for me, like write down what I'm experiencing, so at the very end, I don't forget anything. Right, and and, right. I'm, glad, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I want to talk to Adam about that because I think this is one of the fascinating things that you do. Because um, you know we all use uh, trigger objects, whether it's music or uh, objects or whatever. Right. Um, but to go farther, because I looked into it, and you know, like some of the stuff that you had talked about on the site and stuff, and where the Germans used to use it and such. Yeah, uh, ripples in time which I find cool the way you do it. Now, but I want you to explain how you do it and why you think it works. So go ahead and, and do that. There, there is, it, it does come from the occult and research, uh, German occult research at Diebelsberg in Germany there, where Nazis would recreate certain things. Now, we don't know exactly what they were doing. I mean, a lot of this was very confidential, but they were trying to summon dead spirits of Germany. They solely believe that by recreating certain events, such as ceremonies, uh, you know, rituals, they could summon these spirits, summon soldiers. And, okay, we took a little bit of that. In the yeah, greatness. They were, they were trying mm-hmm. to create, yeah, the, the greatness of Germany. Yes, the spirit of Germany. Absolutely, yes. And so this was taking place. So we take a little bit of that to understand it. And then I took it from a very simplistic point of view that, We've all experienced this. When we smell something that we haven't smelled for years, the way our minds are wired is that it takes us back to a certain moment. You know, maybe there was a deodorant you used only when you were a child. You stopped using it when you were nine, and suddenly you're 20 years older, you come across this scent, and it takes you right back to that childhood. Okay, that's scent. But let's say even something, you watch an old cartoon from your past. Let's say, uh, I don't know, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. Speed racer. You know, all of a, oh, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden, speed racer. All yeah, of yeah. a sudden, what do you think of? You don't just think of the show. You think of what you were. What was your essence when that show was on? What were you? And it's almost a way of time traveling in real life. Just all of a sudden, things you didn't think were stored in your brain are immediately loaded up. 
and front-loaded in front of you. So, okay, you take Bibelberg rituals from the Germans. I think they were on to something. You take this very simple approach with being reintroduced to something from your past, you put it together, and you won't have ripples in time. Now, we do it because we think going into a location, it's kind of dumb when we're dressed up the way we are, talking the way we are, and we go into these 100-year-old buildings, 150-year-old buildings, our, our lingo is different. You know, what's a cell phone? What's a recorder? Yeah. You know, these people don't know this, but suddenly when you start dressing like a doctor and a nurse, and you keep your vocabulary simple, well, I'll tell you what, some crazy stuff starts to happen. Now, two things will happen. We will either fool the spirit into believing they are really seeing something they remember, as if, oh, my God, I, 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 they're walking around these buildings, and suddenly they, they recognize something, and they're, they're drawn to it like a moth to the light. Mm-hmm. And they will interact with it. And Becca's seen this. Some spirits go crazy. They will immediately start interacting with the ripple. There was a Confederate officer, a dead Confederate officer at Thornhaven. Mm-hmm. Who, and sometimes we do these ripples just to see. We know the ripples are wrong. We want them to interact and tell us, you know, interact and say, are we getting it right? So Chris dressed up, dressed up as a Confederate bounty hunter looking for runaway slaves. Now, it was yep. rumored that runaway slaves went through Thornhaven Manor. So we said, okay, well, let's find out. And during that ripple, you know, and I was going to shoot Chris, pretend, you know, we're protecting the slaves. You get this Confederate banging, saying, you know, long live the Confederacy. That didn't happen here and blah, blah. We'd never allow them here. You know, he really was fooled. That's the first spirit you're going to see. And they're they're constantly happening. Then you get the other spirits that they think we're putting on a show and they get it. Like, oh, I think it was actually in Saddamsville when... We were going to do the exorcism of Father Burning, and it was to mock him. It was literally to have a confession before us. We know you're a monster. I don't care if you apologize in life. Actually, he was a monster. He wrote mm-hmm. to the Catholic Church, the diocese, saying, hey, listen, I know I'm about to die, but I raped a bunch of children. You know, how, what area, how, you're not sincerely apologetic, in my opinion. So we went there on a manhunt, and... When we did the exorcism in the basement, it was to mock him, saying that we were going to take the demons out of Father Burning, represented by Chris. And it was funny, as we were setting up for that ripple, and that's a lot we don't show in the episode, Becca's sitting there, and she's just kind of staring, taking it in. And sometimes Becca will start writing notes before we start, because why not? You know, she's taking in the entire environment. And she said, I remember in the beginning, while we're setting up the cameras, I'm trying to get the perfect angles. She goes, oh, Adam, you got, you got their attention. And she said there were two priests standing at the door, and they were talking to one another. And she said, they, they think you're putting on a show. And I'm like, oh, they God, they don't know what's they about to happen. You're making a movie. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, in about 20 minutes, they're going to know it's not a movie. Uh, and if it is, certain names they recognize are being called out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even Becca in that you know, felt the heartache. Me, you know, I definitely want to clarify more. I, I had no sympathy. I, I just think he was a monster in life. He will be a monster in death. And yes, he does deserve to be hunted down continuously. But Becca can fault. Maybe that's just me, but Becca can give a little more insight on that. Um, so if you guys, I, I know that you guys are, like, have the, have the gift so I don't know if you had this experience, but the, the problem with empathy sometimes is you can be in the room with a cold-hearted murderer, 
a terrible person, but if they have an ounce of humanity in them, if there is even the smallest nugget of of guilt or pain or heartache, if you allow yourself to get wrapped up into that, it's easy to take a moment and just be like, oh, I feel for you. Like, it's mm-hmm. easy to forget. If you're completely consumed by their emotion, it's really easy to forget, oh, you're a really bad person and you deserve to I remember, yeah. You're mm-hmm. right. I remember what, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, so that was, that was my struggle there because I, at the time, I, I personally, we were filming at a time I personally was not as controlled as I wanted to be with what I was doing with the whole psychic thing. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy to get quickly sucked into that vortex of, I feel guilty. Okay, for, mm-hmm. for a brief moment, mm-hmm. I, I felt his guilt and I was like, he feels really bad. And then I had to snap out of it and be like, yeah, he should feel bad. Like, he's a bad person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that was and, my experience there. And there's one more angle to take since we're on the ripples, because the ripples are sure. fascinating. They've only been developing. They are only going to evolve. And I assure you, for legacy, they're going to keep getting crazier. You know, season mm-hmm. six, which is still in production here. But for example, when I went back to Velishka, Iowa, and yep. this is <laughs> big. This is, you know, I went there again to kind of hunt a murderer. It is the most, un- it is one of the biggest unsolved mysteries in our history. You know, it's right. up there, but you know what people don't know is the reason it didn't make national news is the Titanic had sunk two days after. And oh. the, or it was like shortly after that. You look, I, I'm not two days after cause it was June 12th down there. And I think mm-hmm. the Titanic sunk in, uh, well, it was shortly after that okay. swept national headlines. So this gruesome murder that should have easily swept the nation was overtaken by, Titan- by Titanic. Absolutely understandable. But for the longest time, everybody got their theory. So I went in from a reverse angle and said, you know what? This entity that is clearly there, I'll tell you, something's very wrong in Villisca. When the lights go down in Villisca, something changes. And it is feeding on the negative energy. Every night, people go there and they feed the ego of this monster that's still there. It's his personal Disneyland because when teams go there, we remind him of everything he did. He is, mm-hmm. He's flaunted. Like it's, it's, it's his every night. He's reminded of how great he was. He got away with it. He did this. Right. So I went there and I said, you know what? I'm going to take the glory from you. I'm going to build ripples that if you don't think it happened this way, I'm going to make the public think that. And I'll tell you what, I made one comment. And man, the air got crazy in there. I stopped and I said, cameras weren't even rolling. I should have ruled because this has been the most epic thing to post. I said, listen, I don't know if you know who I am. I don't care if you do, but this is what I'm going to do tonight. I am going to film how I think you committed this murder. At the end of the night, we're going to play a little game of Mr. Murderer and if Mr. Mystery Murderer. And if I don't get it right, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell the world that that's who I think did it. So this is your chance to step up and claim if it's you. Because like I said, I don't care. I'll make it the reverend. I'll make it you know, um, uh, the Senator, mm-hmm. I don't care, but I'm going to give you multiple chances tonight. We were up in the Moore's bedroom when I said that, and it was like an electricity went through the air. You could feel staticness. Our, our hair started raising and I'm thinking, Oh shit, get the, get the cameras fired up. We said exactly what he needed to hear. And, uh, in the end, and, and I'll tell you what, the most shocking EVP I have ever reviewed I stopped when I heard this in post-production. I remember my jaw dropped. I dropped the headphones 
And I just, I, I, I stepped away because I knew exactly what I had heard. It wasn't even hard for me to determine it. Right when the ax was going to be put over my shoulder as a reversal, that the Moors killed the intruder who we made the reverend. Because when, when I did the homework, I really thought it, it, the reverend makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Something just doesn't check in for something, something's off. Anyway, when it would have been the final kill blow, the final kill, you get, uh, you get this yell, ah, it's me, Reverend Kelly. I am the murderer. I'm like, holy shit. You oh, know, like you can take it, take it for what it is. You know, take, right. some people are still this day are going to think, no, it's not that. I know I was there. I'm level-headed. I'm just like everybody else. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, round, I'm a well-rounded dude. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what happened. That's the EVP response. And I think that's how we cornered, cornered him in to solve the mystery. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I, I've always found that that, that was uh, one of the things that kind of drew me into watching the show was I'm like, well, you know, because you, you, know, you watch a lot of shows and they're all kind of the same, you know, so that was yeah, uh, yeah. An, an interesting uh, change. To it. Of course, and then, of course, you have the quarantine time, which, you know, I know Ashley loves quarantine time. Of course, you know, I see that she loves it all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, we have to fight her. We have to fight her like an infant trying to get a bath uh, every time. You know, there's so many, we could have a whole series behind the scenes of her just complaining before quarantine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We do have a lot of Yeah. There's a lot lot of bad, bad mojo. And she's yelling at uh, Adam and stuff and calling them names and stuff. But, uh, but it's (laughs) interesting because you guys, you guys do put, you know, everybody goes into a room by themselves, which I, you know, I think is a, you know, what the rest of the team is nearby, but it's a good idea sometimes because, we even talk about it. I mean, you know, when we do paranormal investigations, of course, you have you want to have safety, you know. So, but at right. the same time, plus, you know, it's one safety, two, it's because, all right, did you just see that? You have someone to the document. Okay, I'm not the only one who just saw that, you know. Um, right. But it, sometimes it's good because they might feel like you know, there's a group they're not going to want to come out and play or come out and talk or whatever you communicate. Um, when you're when you're by yourself, you see more. Uh, open to the chance that they're going to okay. step up and yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's why it was designed the whole aspect of the quarantine was if a mob of people walk into your house and you're home alone what's your first instinct you're going to hide you're yeah. outnumbered you don't know who they are i take it because remember i do believe we're dealing with human remnants right. and they still have the human emotion they still have the human thought of how they react to things mm-hmm. and i really do believe that if you're going to make contact, you have to be isolated with them, level playing field with them, uh, not in the, I mean, we get results when we're in groups and maybe those are the very outgoing spirits, but if we want to sweep an entire location and map it out fully, we have to take different measures, quarantine being one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And the other one would be the baptism by fire, which I find kind of crazy. <laughs> let's strap, let's, let's, let's lock someone into this room with the handcuffs or a rope and we'll just leave them in there. It's like, really? That's my so, favorite part. Actually, yeah. I'm the advocate for that. Oh, are you the advocate oh, for that? She loves it. She loves like, uh, it. Really? Um, yeah. I find it interesting. Where it's like, okay, you're not running, you're staying. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, we do. For safety reasons, we do make sure that we have, you know, we are, we are survey, like there is surveillance. We're not just, leaving. it didn't used to be that way. When Adam was a young crap boy, it was. No, no, let me correct. Let me correct you. (laughs) We have safety reasons. We have safety reasons because of Ashley. She was a strong advocate for safety issues on Resident Undead, always telling us how close we had to be. She fought equal rights and safety and she won. There you go. Okay. Continue. (laughs) 
That's it. I just find I just find um, that's my favorite part. <laughs> Maybe you because like I don't do it, but they won't. Adam won't do it for me because I a lot of what I experience happens in my head and not out loud. So when it, he has to fight me on actually making sure that I speak to them, or speak well, to yeah. the camera, reminding talk. you to talk. Mm-hmm. Right, because I'll just be having a conversation in my head, like, oh, what happened to you? Oh, that sucks, you know, like, not like, it's not out loud, so it doesn't right. make sense to me in a quarantine, because literally, it's just 20 minutes of me sitting there tied to something, which uh-huh. no, nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a question. So, I, I know you, you do the EVPs and stuff, but I noticed there's not a lot of other equipment, like, right. you know, malmeters, uh, you know, because I have all that all the flashy toys, you know, which I know sometimes it's good to use them. And sometimes you have to be sparse about it, you know, because you don't want to overload, but what, what, what what is your thoughts on that stuff? I mean, what, what, what Uh, are you, I guess. Oh, go ahead, Becca. You, you, Becca's interesting. She's interesting on this. Sure. Go ahead. Um, I think that we do for actually for very practical reasons. The first reason that we stick with what we do for very practical reasons, because as we stand right now, we have a specific format, like basically a battle plan. We hit the ground. We have 24 hours to shoot this because we all have lives outside of resident dead, so we have to shoot it in a certain amount of time. We have okay. to be able to go hunt in a very specific amount of time. So when we start, we do sometimes feature other equipment that we kind of want to experience. We want to work with it, but we mm-hmm. usually can only work with one. And for budget, like honestly, for reasons within our budget and with what we have access to, we usually will work. We're very indie in that way. We'll work right. with what we have access to at that moment. We always have access to our EVP recorders. We always have access to Hey a Psychic, and then sometimes we we have people who will donate things to us that we can use and borrow and work with. But for honestly, I think we're just we go with our old standby because it makes the most sense for like time constraints. And right. we know that we we can interact with spirits with this thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes we'll bring in some cool stuff, like the geo box. Now that I know its name, eventually mm-hmm. we're going to get to work with that. Right. right. But yeah, and, is that right? I'm like it right. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly <laughs> right. We're trying <laughs> to share the adventure. My one of my main goals, one of Becca's goals as an artist with me, is we want to share the story with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, make it. You know, when I look at if we ever got a TV show it would basically actually let us focus more on the ghost hunt. You know, I'm always, Mm -hmm. Beck is the same way as me. We're always looking at what's next. If we were to get a TV show tomorrow, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be excited about the TV show. We'd be thinking, well, now what can we further in the ghost hunt? Because not only does Resident Undead have to do its own production, pre-production, we we hire staff, we get tons of volunteers. I mean, we roll in deep with about 15 to 20 people for a shoot, and we only have 24 hours to complete the mission. So right. she's right. We have to keep it to what we know works to tell the story. And I'll tell you firsthand, I would love to experiment with new stuff, but we don't have an hour here and an hour there to just sit around and experiment with something we don't know is going to work or not. Right. We, like right. I said, some of these shows have the luxury that I'm not, I'm not speaking anything bad about any shows. Mm-hmm. It's just, we don't have that luxury. And I really wish we did. We would be able to do some fabulous things. Mm-hmm. But right, I want to work with, like, we had, there was one time that we had something that had to do with, like, thermal energy or whatever, thermal oh, energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, we didn't get to work with it because we ran out of Gil, time to shoot ran too Gil long. House. But I, gotcha. Yeah, Gil, Gil House. And I wanted so desperately to do it because Michelle is infamous for working, uh-huh. for getting, you know, the, the, the handprint of 
the coal miner on Paranormal State, I've seen her do some really cool stuff with, like, mm-hmm. her hands when she's doing energy work on Monster Quest. So we mm-hmm. really wanted to work with it, and we ran over it. We had it at our fingertips, and we ran out of time to work with it. Ran out of time. But, I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. not enough time to really, because we have to map out pre-production. We do all of the pre-production. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, I've got Scott Felger, uh, Dan Allen, uh, he's my cinematographer. Dan, uh, Scott is our production coordinator. Make sure mm-hmm. we get all the shots because, you know, when you're dragging a dolly around, it takes, you know, five <laughs> minutes to do one cool yes. shot. Do the yes. math in your head. You're going to run yeah. out of time. Even though you think, oh, this will be easy. It's just a quick one minute open sequence. That one minute takes about five hours to film because you've got to get your, your reenactors in place. Some of these shows have B-roll that goes and does it all for them, you know, so we don't really... Mm-hmm look at resident that it's a percentage of a pie, you know, right. 33% ghost hunt, 33 pre-production, 33% history accuracy. It's yeah. all, it's an indie, it's a, it's a grassroots movement, you know? But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know gorilla. I'm a filmmaker. So I went to school, I did you know. studio production and I do filmmaking. I did eerie events. I did a couple of those, which are like 30 minutes and it took like, you know, how many days. And but, you, you understand know. the alarm. Oh, you understand oh, the alarm when we yeah. say like, Sure. We we had to bring Scott aboard. We're like, I, I need somebody to map out our shots because we would start at eight in the morning and by two in the afternoon, we're still doing pre-production. I'm like, oh my, oh my God, like that's mm-hmm. six hours. And I don't even know, we've only got a, a minute and a half for the opener. It's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta figure something out here. Yeah. Cause I've done the scripting, you know, I do all the scripting and all the stuff I did myself. Yeah. I did the scripting, the, the filming, the trying to be in front of the camera. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Hey, sometime maybe I'll come down there, bring all my cool cases of equipment. You guys can play around with that. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah. That sounds awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what, uh, What's in store for Resident Undead now? I mean, I've seen all the stuff up to now. Now, I, I see this thing. Um, I know Chad Lindbergh had visited you. Oh, um, yeah. He is, he is the coolest guy. Cool. Very down to earth. Yeah. Very, like, uh-huh. full of just, like, light. He's very, very cool. And what's very the, passionate about what he does. And, and what's, like, the episode with him? Is it something that's going to be aired? Or, I'm in, I'm in, or what, what's going on with that? Or no, that was actually that just was like just a, a highlight reel. He did an event uh, at the infirmary. Okay. Yep, and okay. we, we he gave us he gave us the opportunity to put together um, a highlight reel for him mm-hmm. that we posted and just kind of like pumped it up just so that people could kind of see like what he does when it comes to a place. Like he's very passionate. He's very excited about historical locations and kind yeah. of more research. He just loves it so much, and we really wanted to to give credit to that and make sure that people could kind of see like, this is what this guy is all about in case you didn't okay. know. Yeah. Cause I watched him on ghost stalkers and you know, of course, supernatural, the TV show, but I mean, I watched him on ghost stalkers. And I, re- I really like the guy. So, so what's, yeah. so all right. So then resident undead, yeah. where we go, where do we go now? What's going well, on now? Here's, you know, Becca actually came morning. up with this. Yeah. Oh, what, what did I come Be- up Becca with? Came, she came up with, this was right after we got the infirmary back in August. We were on a radio show and we kind of, we, we threw this giant idea and we're like, whoa, now we got to follow through. Uh, uh, guy, I am going to, I just love that. I love yeah. testing psychics, but we're okay. always trying to merge worlds together. So oh. you have the technological world of ghost hunters and psychics. That's what resident has been for the last season go. and a half, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now how do we take it to the next level? And okay. what we need to do is coexist in the community. And I, and I know this sounds, man, I, I guess this is my inner politician coming out. 
but there is so much divide in the community. I, I don't really believe paranormal unity exists mm-hmm. because everybody's competing for something I don't know what. I don't know if we're competing for a television show, but and, and I'll tell this to the teams out there. If they are, <laughs> we live it. It's miserable, people. It's miserable. That's work. If you get a mm-hmm. show, you're going to be working and hustling. We do yeah, it every day. We if know. If you're in it for that, that's definitely the wrong reason. It, maybe. Right. Exactly. But it just, everybody seems to be you know, on their own table. I, I want to use the word not coexisting because it is coexisting. So for season six legacy, we want to bring in different people within the community. For example, for season one, or sorry, season six, episode one, Hillview Manor, we brought in Elfie Music from Paranormal State. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. She is, I use the term a cult royalty, you know, mm-hmm. uh, she, <laughs> back, I mean, you can give, why don't you give her a highlight? You know her, her background up and down. Uh, who, who? For those who do not know, who is Elfie Music? Oh well, she's from. from she, I, go ahead. From what I understand, her heritage um, is very elite. I don't know all of the details, but and they're actually probably not not relevant to people who aren't very familiar with the occult world. But mm-hmm. from what I understand, she has quite. If, if you look at her, like just basic her basic genetic. I mean, other than being an incredible, well versed, well educated person who just really knows this stuff, mm-hmm. she also has sort of um, a genetic tie that that's very impressive to people who really know the occult world. So yeah. she's. From a number of, of, of angles, Elsie's just a very cool person to have been able to incorporate into Legacy. We really nice. want to bring all sorts of people from different spiritualities, because if you really get down to it, paranormal research, is, it's a spiritual field. Right now mm-hmm. it is. Maybe someday in the future, we'll have people who truly scientifically can prove you know, that there is an afterlife. But we're not at that point right now. At this very moment in time, nobody can tell us what happens when we die exactly. We mm-hmm. know that we no longer exist in the physical world. We don't know what happens. So if mm-hmm. you really get down to it, paranormal research, it, it's, a, it's a spiritual thing. So yep. we want to kind of bring in other traditions and other systems of ideas that, that speak to that. So we're working on working with somebody who is, is, a, is a Santero. I can't say the word right, but Santeria, mm-hmm. which is which is a, yes. a Cuban religion, mm-hmm. yes. um, Caribbean, African-Caribbean. Yep. And Tim Shaw, who's worked in a number of different fields and is very familiar with different different spiritual forms. So that kind of thing is what we want to do. Is just, you know, like tell people, like, look, we're working in the spiritual world. So let's equip ourselves with more than just EVP recorders. Let's see what other people bring to the table. I think that's I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with it being about the the spiritual world because it is, you know. Um, I mean, I yes. like the flashy lights and the toys too. You know, I'm a guy, so I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but I mean, as far as this, you know, uh, using our gifts and stuff, I mean that that's it's it's monumentally important as well, you know. So I think uh, I think that's gonna be interesting. Then you guys are gonna do that and kind of see the the, the diversity of how that all works. So, I mean, we're almost to the end of our little interview, um, but I want you guys to kind of spill out where people can find out about you guys, can find out about Resident Undead, uh, older episodes, you know, whatever you want to kind of plug away, you can go ahead and plug right now. Well, www.residentundead.com is kind of the touch-all. That's where you'll find all sorts of information. That's where you'll find our social media accounts. 
follow us on Twitter. All of that's there on the website. And tomorrow night, we're featuring the Randolph County Infirmary on Paranormal Lockdown with Destination America and Nick Groff. And that's going to be all over social media. We're expecting a pretty cool explosion premiere party in Winchester, Indiana. So that's what's absolutely of the moment. That's what we're focusing on. We're leaving at 5.30 in the morning for Indiana from Ohio. Oh, <laughs> so oh that would be that. fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. And then, you know, Resident Undead, they can find old episodes on ResidentUndead.com, correct? And YouTube. That's right, yep. Yep, and Adam Kimmel, Adam Kimmel's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Adam Kimmel with two L's. But residentundead.com is probably the easiest way to find everything. So is there anything you'd like to add to that, Mr. Kimmel? Uh, she hit it on the dot. You know, I think uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of good stuff in the future. Uh, I wish the best luck to all the teams out there. I think everybody, there's a lot of people doing great stuff out there. And like I said, our, our whole thing is to this whole new season is to coexist, bring new aspects in and, and try to get people to work together because if we're going to solve this, mm-hmm. we have to break down the barriers and work together. It really is the only way it's going to work. And like I said, I, I've seen a lot of the underground teams. There's so many out there. I know it's under, it's oversaturated, but I would like to tell those people to keep your heads up. You're doing great work. You know, it's hard, but mm-hmm. keep the passion going and then you will achieve amazing things. There you go. Well said. You know, I, I totally agree with you on the, you know, I understand the paranormal unity thing, but I, I really do think that if we don't just start putting our heads together and sharing information and sharing, what we're, we're, you're never going to get any any farther. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like it's that. an so. unnecessary arms race. Right. Well, I have to say that, you know, it was a real pleasure to talk to you guys. I mean, I, I see you all the time on the tube and stuff. So I was really excited to be able to actually, you know, get to converse with you. And I mean, I could talk with you guys for hours. So, you know, I'm sure I'll probably find you on right. Facebook and stalk you. But, um, but I want to, I, I do want to thank you. And I, and I, and I do say that I, I'm definitely going to have to get up by you guys and check this, the, check the place out and, and visit. So if that's all right with you guys. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Chuck. It was so much right. fun. All right, cool. Well, I want to thank you. Um, uh, glad you could join the show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon then. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Adam. Thanks, Becca. Mm-hmm. See ya. Bye. Hi. Hi, Karen. Are you still alive? I'm still alive. I saw the lights went off, and you got yeah, all the lights were starting to make me want to throw up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and normally I just take Excedrin migraine, and it all goes away, and it's fine. But it's too close to bedtime. It has caffeine in it, and if I take it now, I'll be racing around the house like you know my cat on a tear. So, and I kept big, watching, it going, "Should I let?" Says Karen, "Have a question?" I'm like, "No, just leave Karen alone. She's okay." <laughs> so I wasn't trying to hog or anything. I just, you know, I knew you weren't feeling good. I'm once I once I no, saw the lights go off, then I knew for sure. I'm like, oh, you know. So, yeah. yeah, I was enjoying listening, and you know, I'll go check out some of those uh, episodes. And yeah, they're pretty cool. So yeah. Cheryl, Cheryl, are you still alive with the storm? Did hey, it like Cheryl, take you away like Wizard of Oz? Or what? The, the, the storm that never happened. <laughs> well, there are a lot of those in this world, Cheryl. You know, they, they there are a lot of predicted storms that never, never come to happened. fruition. No, we all we got was rain, <laughs> even though it was, said it was supposed to 100% thunderstorm tonight. I guess that 100% was just a lie. You know, here's the thing. I can get a dartboard and... Um, be a good weatherman or as accurate as yeah, seriously. <laughs> which yeah. is cool. Now it's so, down to today, today I predicted the weather by walking outside and sniffing yeah. the air. I said, it's going to hail. And five minutes later, it was hailing. 
Well, now it's going to thunderstorm 40% at 12 a.m., so we'll see if that happens. But no, it never happened. Are you bummed? No, I'm not <laughs> bummed. I'm actually happy. I don't like thunder and lightning, so I, I'm oh, actually I'm happy. Good. Yeah. And where we live, we have uh, such a view of the valley that when we have thunder, mm -hmm. pretty spectacular, or oh. lightning. I, you can't oh, see wow. thunder. You can see the lightning. Yeah. Be like ACDC. Thunderstruck. Oh, I love that. There you go. Yeah. That's something I, I thought. <laughs> I love nice. that song. So um, I suppose this is where Karen should say, Hey, Cheryl, we got any business to talk about? Business? Oh, thanks for carrying me, Chuck. Yes. No, no problem. Chuck slash Karen, we do have <laughs> some business. First of all, thanks to um, Adam and Rebecca for coming on. That was really interesting. And, and I mean, I just love how. Um, they seem to try out these different, um, you, you know, these different things in their in their shows and in the investigations, which are pretty interesting. I like that. I like hearing new things that I hadn't heard of before. So that was pretty I, cool. I appreciate how psychic friendly and open they are mm -hmm. to realizing that there are different levels of abilities and different ways to incorporate those abilities into into it's pretty cool working it's pretty, with paranormal and i'm and i'm happy when i talk to them they were cooler than i even thought they would be like you know sometimes you see people oh it's <laughs> yeah. really cool and you talk to them like it's like really really <laughs> what, what a douchebag <laughs> really douchebag talks what that was but no adam's like really cool and becca the douchebag so talk sweet. i'm like really I okay. have never had anybody speak to me like that. Oh, my God. I've had lots of people talk to me like that. Maybe it's just the way I hear them. It's sort of like Charlie Brown when they go, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. That's Charlie Brown's teacher. That's Charlie That's Brown's teacher. That's yes. Charlie Charlie, Brown. yes. all the adults from Charlie Brown. All the adults. All the adults? That's because well, I Well, that's probably the most accurate representation of how adults sound to children of any <laughs> ever is the Charlie Brown <laughs> Well, I'm glad that they weren't like that. It was really, it was really refreshing, and they were very nice. I really, yeah, I really it was them. lovely. Yes, it was awesome. Yes. I'm, I'm so oh, glad yeah. that that they were able to come on. Um, I, I'm road tripping to Indiana. Go ahead. Could, awesome. Oh, if you do, let us know how it I am. goes. Please. I am. I'm taking Tom. Already said road trip. So me, Tom, and Barb. I'll get, a, I'll get a hold of Adam. Sweet. We'll get down there. Awesome. Mm. Is it down um, there or up there? Down business, there. Business, business. Yes. Next week we'll business. have a show. And, really? Um, yes, and hopefully Karen will not have a migraine, and I won't have well, a you know, non thunderstorm. Well, is going to be here. Who? Nicole is going to be here. She oh. may be sitting, cool. sitting sidecar with me. That'd I think awesome. I don't know. There's a chance that I may be picking her at the airport at the time of the show. So I'll I'll keep you I'll keep you informed. I told her I'd need it would prefer it would be during the day, but gotcha. Uh oh. That means I'll have to cover again? Oh, no. I know. It's like three weeks in a row. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's okay. You're going to just cover take for... over the show, and you're not going to need me anymore. You're going to no, realize. I always need you. Kick me you to might... the curb. No. <laughs> I'm going to kick you to the curb. You're so weird. Shush. It's the migraine speaking. Continue, Cheryl. All right. I'll just pretend like Karen's not even talking. Okay. Um, <laughs> next week, same yes. day, same time. Sorry, my life, sister. Same hosts. Um, yes. Please come and join us. We will be talking to Camille Fay, and uh, Camille grew up in a haunted house, Ooh. and so part of what we'll be talking to Camille about is growing up in a haunted house, <laughs> and the other part of what we're going to be talking <laughs> about uh -huh. makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it does. Her book 
called Voodoo Butterfly. Voodoo Butterfly. Uh, I love that name. What's really interesting is the story was inspired um, during a family trip to New Orleans where she actually dreamed of a woman who had the power to change evil people good. And so she then wrote Voodoo Butterfly, which is, which is fictional, but it's based on this dream that she had. And so um, very, it's, it's, it's hopefully she'll be able to kind of connect her dream to how the book evolved and actually became a book because to turn a dream into a book, I'm very interested to, to find that out, how that actually works. A lot of creative people turn dreams into art. That's so, that's so cool. I mean, yeah, I can imagine you could paint your dreams. You yeah, can, you can yeah. turn dreams into any kind of art. You can turn dreams into music. Mm-hmm. You can turn dreams into film. Pretty cool. Yeah. So that's next mm-hmm. week. So please join us. Um, and what did I tell you the date? That is 31st of March. March 31st. Last day of the month. Yes, yes. And then we go into April. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Um, I also want to promote the magazine, uh, which should go online this weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Chuck, don't sound so excited. Oh. <laughs> no, so I love the magazine. I love the magazine. It's the <laughs> best magazine in the world. Damn right it is. Okay. Damn right it is. Whoa. Um, go ahead. <laughs> we have a lot of cool articles. Um, we have one on um, Fear of Ghosts Closes Schools in India, written by Ashley Hall from the Paranormal Guide. I know that dude. Okay. Yeah. Ashley, cool dude. Um, we have one article in our uh, column called Are We Alone from Maria Anna Vandriel. It's called The Real Technology Behind the Wow Signal. Is it a secret NASA space program? Question mark. It's an Whoa, that was article. really fast talk. It's an interesting yeah. article. So the wow signal, if you're not familiar with it, um, some had speculated it was sent by intelligent life elsewhere. But others say, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a you know, terrestrial signal caused by this, this, and this. And mm-hmm. Maria's asking, well, she's found some evidence that it could be. Um, a secret NASA space program, as a result of that program. What does "wow" what does stand for? What is it? Wow w- was written on a piece. Of, it was a, it was just the word "wow." Um, oh, as in "wow," a signal. You know, the signal, and it was oh. written on a piece of paper. Yeah, it was actually written on a piece of paper after the signal came through. And yeah. so there's been different. And this was a long. What was it? The 70s. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact date, but I can't, of course. Uh, remember the date at this point but it's a long time ago and um there's been speculation ever since so well, the 70s aren't that far long ago but go ahead continue <laughs> you, well it's, it's been a while <laughs> um and then Stay we have on. part yeah. four of an ongoing series that uh jill marie morris uh, wrote for us on the legend of the wendigo and um nice. what's interesting is and I think there's one more part after this one, so the conclusion is coming. But she basically, Jill, is telling us about her own personal experiences with, um, God, I don't know if you want to call it a haunting. I guess um, you could call it a haunting or, or um, involvement with other entities at an apartment that her and her family lived in um, uh, uh, when she was younger. And it negatively impacted her family, I mean, severely. And she is hypothesizing after years of research that it could be 
a Wendigo. Because of a Wendigo. And it's just, I can't even, I can't even begin to explain to you this, this article series because you have to read it to understand. You know, it's not one of those things you can really explain and right. have the audience understand. So you have to actually read it. So I just thank her for sharing her experiences because they were very traumatic and changed her life. And um, this is where she's been led with this research. And so it's very interesting because if you don't know the, what the Wendigo is, uh, it's supposedly a very negative, um, I don't know, I don't think you call it a it's spirit. It's something scary. Yeah, it's sc very scary. I guess you could call it a spirit, mm -hmm. but it's in, yeah. it's, it's. An entity. It's Yeah, but some people, it's, it, we publish this in our cryptids and mythological creatures because some people consider it like a mythological creature. Like it's right. not, so, right. Right, and some so, people consider it a cryptid, yeah. Crypt, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. so it's, yep. it's kind of here and there. But there's some very interesting uh, research that she's done, and she's published two books. You can actually um, get her books. Just go to Amazon and look up Jill Marie Morris, and then you can um, look at her two books, which I've read, and they are very, very interesting as well. So that article is in part four of our March issue. Also, what else? We have um, um, William Becker. Um, he writes for us. Um, very often, do. yes, for mm -hmm. inside the psychic mind. I'm gonna see him. William tomorrow. Oh, tell him we said hi. Cool. Um, we yeah, he, coming to see me he, tomorrow. Yeah, he addressed a really serious topic. It's called the spiritual consequences of suicide. And um, you know, a lot of people think, well, if you commit suicide, you're going to be condemned. You're not going to be, you know, if you ha whatever your belief is, you're not going to go to the positive spirit world or heaven or whatever you want to call it. And he addresses that that you know that notion really isn't um i'm not gonna say not the right one but it's it's not what we're we're about you know because people have problems mm -hmm. and if that's if that happens they're not going to be condemned but basically he goes into the spiritual side of suicide and what that means and oh. um it's very it's yeah it's well written as usual as william mm -hmm. always does so you should check that out um, and then, cool. of course, we have Karen's article in Myst Metaphysics and Energy Healing. It's called da, da, da. Using Essential Oils in Your Spiritual Journey. Very, nice. very cool. Yeah, journey. There's a, there's a lot of things in here that I had never heard about, but, but ones that I had. So, um, I, uh, Juju Spray, you talk about Juju Spray in here. Yeah, we, I, I, we've had some luck with Juju Spray. It, it seems to do some stuff so you yeah have a, a formula for psychic awakening oil mm -hmm. you have a good dreams formula oh yeah give that i'm gonna do that and give that to chad you have <laughs> a property a prosperity excuse me diffuser blend for pros prospering mm -hmm. yeah, um what else spirit crossing spray mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i actually have right now in this room i have a um immune boosting blend going in my diffuser so and, and, and you, of course you talk about what what these essential oils are and how can you, you can use them in your spiritual journey as i just named off um, a lot of formulas you put down right. recipes Wrote a book I guess essential oils so yeah. you know cool pretty cool stuff um nice and also i wanted to mention real quick i know we're running out of time um silver yeah, medicine of vicky ratliff who write the crystals and herbology mystical etchings from medicine woman's grimoire column that's our longest column name in the magazine by the way 
Um, urban herbology. So urban often, herbology, which nice. means you go out into your to your city and look mm -hmm. around for some you scrape up stuff from between the casters of the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty cool, actually. I, I, it's, it's very interesting. You want to check that out? Uh -huh. um, of course, you got to do it safely, and she, she talks about how to do that here. So, um, lots of Old more, more, more. We have too. so many articles. I can't even talk about them all. Wow. Yes. Well, it's going to be a good one, then. Yes, go to paranormalunderground.net. Nice. Check it out. All right. All righty. So what uh, else would we like to talk about? Anything else we'd like to talk about? Well, I'd like to remind good. people to oh, come see us at the Oregon Ghost Conference. Yes, there I can't go. believe it's already another year at another Oregon Ghost in, Conference. In Seaside, Oregon. Um, not this weekend, but the following, which is April 1st through 3rd. Uh, still all sorts of good stuff, lots of speakers. Plus, you know, if you are there, come up and, and find me and introduce yourself to me. I'm, you know, always happy to meet new people. So how's your, by the way, how's the, the book going? Your book with the Wheeler. Um, it's going fine. Okay. <laughs> wow. That was the quickest. That's the kind of interview you don't want to have right there. No. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, was curious. I, I have some stuff that I need to, to update on it and stuff. So okay. I'll be ready in the next couple of months, I would imagine. All righty. I just need to read some more Frasier material. So I was just curious. I know. Well, I had set this really ambitious book writing schedule, and it's just gone all to hell. But, you know, these things, they happen. I know. Well, you know, you're busy at the conference, too. So, you know, um, that, that that takes, you know, time, too. So, you know. That seems like it's going to be a pretty big uh, thing, too, the uh, conference and all. I mean, yeah, it's, usually it's, the more it's I look at it. just a really nice job with it. And I'm the first speaker on Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. So I would imagine most people won't even be off work then. So I may have, like, Jim and Monkey listening to my, my talk. Oh, it's okay. Jim and Monkey are good people. <laughs> That's right. Put Monkey out in the little chair there and a Jim next to him. It'd be fun. No, she'll, be in her little, she'll be in her little front. Front oh, there. yeah, a little pouch. Yeah. So what was this thing? I, speaking of the Wheeler Hotel, but I saw something. Was was there like supposed to be a tsunami or something? Like a something other Oh, that was disaster. a couple years ago. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it's the old Wheeler Hotel is on the coast. Anything along the coast, you know, there's always the risk of tsunamis. Yeah, well, I'm just glad she recovered from all the other crazy stuff that happened. And that's, you know. That's oh, good. Patty! Patty says she'll be there for my talk. Well, that's good. Oh, uh, oh, there you Patty go. You got three people. Monkey. <laughs> it was funny too because I don't know if I did, did. Did you? Did it notice? Did I cut out at all? Sure, because for a second oh, I couldn't hear anybody. Yeah, you did. It was like they were gone, and then they was, and then they were there. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you do what you can with what you've got to work with. So yeah, you know, it's all Skype and everything. You know, well, well, the next time I do a show, I'll be at the new house and I'll have a hard line in. So we'll see if that makes a difference. I'm sure. Oh, it, probably oh, will, it so. will. Yeah, it'll make a huge difference. Yep. yep. All right. Well, guys, let's do this. Let's sign off, shall we? Sure, we could do that. All right. So thank you for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on MixLR. We will be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Uh, in Chucky G's Midwest and <laughs> elsewhere in the other and other times in the other flyover states. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks to our guests. 
You guys have a great week. Thanks. Good night, everyone. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.